This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my yes. fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How the hell are you doing? I'm Chuck. And I am Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Ooh. Make sure that you have got us like tuned in, zip down, locked down, come into every device that you own, whether it's an iPad or, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. A tablet, a Android tablet, phone. Make sure that you got us uh, on there. How do you do it? Well, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, however you get your podcast. You can find the Metal Sucks Podcast. Just search it, Metal Sucks, uh, and you will find the Metal Sucks Podcast, and you'll find all of our past episodes that you can consume at your leisure. You can also find us, of course, every Monday at MetalSucks.net. Click on the Podcast tab. All of our stuff is listed right there, and uh, that way you can find us. Maybe leave us a review at all those places, and, um, you know, a terrible review. Whatever it takes. You know, we, we love you for those things. Hey, if you write a review, other people will find the show. Indeed. And you can find us on social media. I am at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks. Godless Speaks on Facebook and Spotify. And on Instagram, at Chuck and Godless. And, of course, ChuckandGodless.com. That'd be our Patreon if you would uh, care to support us. We would appreciate your love and support as well because we do all kinds of different uh, extra stuff on our patreon plus you get this podcast a couple of days in advance so if you want to be in the know here's some of these things that are that these artists like christina scabia who is going to be on the podcast today well you can get all that stuff in advance maybe a couple days in advance before everybody else you know what i'm saying we're working our ass off to get you good shit for free <laughs> send me your money yeah, <laughs> that's what. Yeah, that's how we roll. It's good stuff, man. I I should like take on like a rapper persona whenever we ta- talk about Patreon. You know, like like I'm a hundred air. You know, it's the <laughs> it's the, the we're I don't know if we're even there yet. We got to split it, so we're not. You know, not not. I don't think we're quite even there yet. But you know, whatever helps me uh, get an extra taco or two a month. That's uh, always uh, useful, man. But like I mentioned, in this episode, we got Christina Scabia from Lacuna Coil on this episode, and uh, she's not only awesome, uh, but this new record from Lacuna Coil is, I I feel like I kiss her ass a little bit in this this interview, because I do believe that this may be the best record that they've ever done, and I I tell her that, and I feel weird about it, (laughs) but... You know, I'd, not many times when we're talking to artists where I go, hey, by the way, you're the best ever. All right. Remember the time that we went to the thing and you went to the show? Yeah, that was really cool. Okay, it was cool. Uh, yeah, but uh, I kind of go there. We also get a new song from uh, Nails from their new record called You Will Never Be One of Us, which is wicked good. I am so into that band. And we got to talk about also this uh, Rage Against the Machine flap, the stuff that's going down with Rage Against the Machine, Chuck D, and Be Real, right? I think of Cy- Cypress Hill. And what happened with all of that, how social media can get out of hand very quickly uh, with your band or yeah. a band. Yeah, it's, I don't know. We'll talk about it later in the show because it's... I look forward to that topic. That's, this is going to be a good one. Well, this is going to be good. I love talking about Rage. <laughs> really? Why? Like, rage, like actual Rage or Rage the band? Rage the band. Okay. You're gay for him. 
<laughs> no, that's, that's what it is. No, no, that's not what it is. Okay. <laughs> so that was that brings up the topic that we we're going to start with, actually, because this is something that you had mentioned you wanted to talk about. Uh, and I was having the same feeling about this exact same thing for some reason recently. And I didn't I, I was and I and I've been fighting it sort of internally. And you know how how there for a while that people were using the, the word gay uh, to be kind of a derogatory thing. Oh, that's gay. You know, oh, that's gay. You know, right. that, that kind of thing. They're kind of using it as a derogatory term uh, to to be, you know, obviously not good or whatever. And not talking about that. You know, that's, no. you know, that's that's something completely different. Uh, that, that's like 1985. Yeah. We're over it. Moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's past that and has nothing to do with that. But what, what we started doing is like I have said in the past that I'm gay for this or I'm gay for that. And that's something that kept popping into my head for some reason, the, just the past couple of weeks. Where and I, I don't know whether it was happening to me because I was hearing you say it or whether I was accidentally saying it and that inspired you to think it or what. But I was going through exactly the same thing. I was totally conflicted about whether I, I could actually like voice it, you know? Well, me, well, see, I know that it was in my head because I was consciously making sure I didn't say it. Because, you know, like, like it was, it was on the tip of my tongue and I would stop myself from saying it like, because I didn't want to, you know, I don't, I don't like to offend people. So I, I try really hard to remove that stuff from my speech. Cause I used to use that. Oh, that's gay. That's gay. You know, I used to use that too. I had to pull that from my speech as much as I could. And so I think about that when I say that stuff. Right. So I know that I haven't used it. And like, I know straight up I haven't used it, but it's been in, it's been like no top of my mind. So I I don't know if it was like if you if you said it or not you know what I'm saying I don't know if I heard it or what but it's just it's weird that we were both thinking the same thing at the same time yeah because I you know I'm, I'm I guess I'm a little bit of a social justice warrior type you know I I don't like the idea that there's somebody out there who hears anything that I might say and and you know gets gets feels somehow personally offended but you know it's gonna happen you know I'm gonna I'm gonna piss off somebody it's well yeah actually I take I take a certain amount of joy in that too but you know I don't like to do it because of something that's like core to who they are yeah. you know I I like to piss people off because they f- think something stupid yeah and if you think something stupid you should feel bad about yourself but you know if it's who you are then no you should celebrate it you should feel great about it you know but uh, well, unless you're an I, asshole. I mean, if you're straight up just an asshole, then then no, I, I shouldn't celebrate who you are. I well, mean, you, you, asshole at the core. Yeah, t- totally, man. I mean, uh-huh. like, like there there are people that are complete and utter fucking assholes, and they will never be the same. Like you can be upset with those guys, piss them off all day long. You know, no no big deal. But you know, when know. It, when I, it's something, I, I that, believe more than I believe more in people than that. I don't believe anybody's an asshole to their core. This is like role reversal. What the fuck, really? How's yeah. that? How's that? possible <laughs> i don't know i think that i think that there's always like people who are the results of you know upbringing environment uh current mood uh what they just ate you know there's all sorts of things that that cause people to be profoundly negative at any one juncture but i think generally even those people would be sitting on death row for a good reason i think that a lot of them are 
you know, probably in, you know, at their core, not bad people. It's just, you know, a whole bunch of other shit. Well, I don't know. There, there are ranges of tolerances within that whole thing, obviously. But but I've seen like I ca- I've come from a Catholic family. Right. And I've got one faction of my family who's got like nine kids. Right. And they were all raised in the same kind of household. And there's one of them that's a fucking asshole and he was a fucking asshole from the day he was born and he's gonna be a fucking asshole the day he dies and i guarantee it so it's i think at some point whether it's reincarnation or something like that old soul comes back and he's a fucking prick and you know you know what i'm saying like i i think that some people are assholes to their core i i really do believe it when i was a kid like i used to think that gay was like this perversion you know that, that that's what people's there's it's hard to believe it but even in 2016 there are people out there who think of that yeah, right true. and and that's and that's nutty but like one of the things that like i started thinking about when i began to evolve on the topic as a kid was thinking about geez there was david in in preschool i mean i was four years old Mm -hmm. and this kid is flirting with me Mm -hmm. and i I mean it was just like there was no ifs ands or buts that's what the kid was doing and it's like that kid hadn't chosen anything He, he didn't you know there was no there wasn't any sexuality involved at all it was just he liked me liked yeah 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 you know well, in, you know, in that kind of way. And, well, and it's funny because um, I, I, I've gotten like with all this stuff that talks about the the LGBT uh, religious freedom bills that are getting passed everywhere and the whole fucking bathroom law stuff that's been happening here in the States. It, it's just been like ape shit. So it's made me sort of think about how I came to the to the point where I'm at now where I could get, you know, I don't care. It doesn't matter if you're gay, whatever. I don't care. It, it doesn't matter. You have the right to be whatever you want to be. And it's awesome. You know, good for you. But when I was a young, when I was a younger kid, you know, even high school age, I came from a from a small Texas town, a mid-sized Texas town. Let's just put it that way. But it was one of the one of the places that was very conservative, but had like a really large population of gay people in it, which was kind of weird. And it was like accepted, but not talked about. And I knew a lot of these. Was that? Was that Homoville, Texas? <laughs> no, it's not what it was called. Uh, I'll tell you what, but but no, I I knew a lot of because uh, I was a theater kid, I was a choir kid, I was. A, oh, you know, wait, say no stuff. more, say no more, Chuck. Oh, okay. So so yeah, so I, I mean, I knew a lot of I knew a lot of gay people, but I I was actually it was funny. Like I I I really wanted to know like what was like what the point was like how this worked. You know, because I was really curious about it. And I had a lot of lesbian friends that, that, <laughs> that like school me on this Chuck, stuff. You were in theater and you were curious. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. What a revelation. This is. Well, for me, let's just say no matter what happens, um, I am definitely heterosexual for sure. There's a I've, I've got a problem with boobs. I mean, like oh, a, come on, dude. We're all on a spectrum. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. But. I really yeah. do have a problem with boobs. 
So like where I look at them too much and yeah, bad, you know, bad things. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, no well, I see all the everybody that you followed on our Instagram. This is the first time where we've shared a social Fuck media. Yeah, account. dude, it's all <laughs> pinup models. It's all gigantic titty. Oh yeah, it's I'm terrible. It's, I have a problem. I have a fucking problem, man. <laughs> I, my wife's looking over my phone, going, "What the?" And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa." whoa. <laughs> Uh, well, I, you see the ones that I like too. It's it's pretty great. Yeah, I know. But so this is all sort of a lead up to the idea that like, like all right, for example, you're gay for nails. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, I mean, it's just no ifs, ands, or buts, right? Once again, no puns, all crazy going on. Right yeah, now, right. But like now to say that you're gay for nails is that an offensive thing to say? I don't know. Or I don't know if that is or not. Like you know, I, I really don't know. Because, I mean, I think that would be a good thing, right? Would it not be? Well, it is, but is, is it sort of like it's a good thing the way that Washington's football team is, you know, is kind of supposedly a good thing. But it, actually, at, at its core, it really is kind of offensive. Mm. And that's why I would never mention the name of the Washington football team. You know, that sort of thing. And so, I don't know. It's weird. Because, like, for me, I think about, okay, so why is it that Chuck is gay for nails, right? So, or what? why does that, how does that, like, uh, uh, is it epistemologically, is that the word I'm looking for? Whoa. What, what, what does that mean? And, and as far as on a on a on a on a word basis, you know what is it? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like the idea that like you are like head over heels in love with something that is not necessarily um, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, <laughs> this is where I'm getting lost. But like, it's not necessarily like something that you you should be like head over heels for. You know mm, what I mean? Okay. It's okay. almost like it, it, it goes against your in the, the general nature, your general nature. Because once again, like like I said, I think we're all on spectrum. But now I, I would now I, the only reason I would say that would be strange is because I, there's no particular reason why that would not be in my general nature to like something like nails. You, you know what I mean? It's like so. That would be, I guess, from my perspective, then it would be. Except be that they're right. all dudes. Well, I mean, but that 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 shouldn't matter. I mean, because right, I don't, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I like them, but I don't like them like them. You know what I mean? You know like, what I mean? Like, I'm gay for the new Christina Scabia recording. You know what I mean? Okay. And it's like, can I say that? Because it's talking about a, a a female. But yes, you know, it, because I'm talking about a, an, an object, not a you know. Or, or, talking about the album the, or the record or the music, yes. not the people that are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're you being gay for nails is not that like you find the singer hot. It's that you just love the 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 band itself as a. A, a, a non-sexual object you so know? saying that so saying that you're gay for something actually is basically saying that you love something right so but if you but why not gay say with love then is, is is that a problem you know what i'm saying like like if that's the equation the because if you say that's gay and it means that it's derogatory and bad then you gay equals bad this is gay equals love wouldn't that be the right way to go i mean that would be okay or not yeah yeah i don't know See, i, I I still feel weird about it. That's why I've kind of deleted it from yeah. my from my nomenclature because it feels weird. And anything, and what I've found is like if anything feels strange, like when I say it, then I uh, probably yeah. need to kind of pull back on it. You know what I'm saying? If I go, whoa, I, that could piss somebody off. So I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's like I I pull back on a lot of that stuff just because of that. Yeah. That's the other thing too is that there's all these sort of topics that I don't really have a full understanding. I've never read the Quran. 
right? Yeah. So I don't know. So I'm not really going to spend too much time in that whole like Islam uh, or Muslim debate type of thing because I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it says. You know, my guess is that it probably says a lot of the stupid shit that the Bible says. The Bible I've read several times back to front. You know, every which way. And you can talk so, about that all day long. I, exactly because you so, got the so if, yeah you got command of yeah. the of the text then you can right. you can actually expound on it yeah well I wouldn't say I've got command of it but yes you know I well, feel like I'm familiar enough with well, it well you, you probably read it more than most Christians have so you know <laughs> probably yeah so, so so like like Quran is kind of like gay you know I've never like uh, you know walked into um, you know a party with uh nothing but dudes and then just cuddled for the night you know what i mean so that'd be the equivalent of of you know sort of like reading the quran so like Mm -hmm. both gay and you know islam i'm I'm not going to go there in any way if i can uh with feeling like i've experienced it or am familiar enough with it in any Mm -hmm. way i I won't i'm not about to like call myself pro uh pro-life because i can i'll never be in the position where i gotta think about uh, whether to get an abortion or not yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i got a default to pro-choice because it's like well what the the hell else can i speak about it well i'll tell you that that i have walked into a room and cuddled with a pile of lesbians before and done nothing but cuddling so i can speak a little bit to it and that it's awesome so you know and you know it's not a bad thing but it's it's awesome as a straight dude well, no, it's actually kind of awesome. There's good people, you know, in, in the end. Like, yeah. they're all these. I have a ton of friends uh, from high school that, that, that really kind of opened my eyes to a lot of stuff as far as, as, as far as, you know, being not just tolerant, but, but not even giving a shit. It's like, I, I don't even notice anymore. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter. And I, I think that's just like the, the way to be. You know, but but it also, you know, like I said, it makes me go, uh, oh, okay, I need to watch my speech, you know, as far as I want to be sensitive to people in that regard. You know, most of the time I don't pull many punches with hardly anything else. But, you know, if it's if it's people that I would actually care about, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to watch myself. So and I and I do care about a lot of people that are that are gay, homosexual, that are LGBT, that, are you know, I do have I care about a lot of people that are that way in my family and outside my family. So it's like. Yeah, it, it, it's something that make, makes a difference. So I don't know. It's just it, I just still find it funny that we are both thinking about the same damn thing at the same can, time. Can a can a gay person be gay for something? Gay for whoever they're with, I guess. I mean, you know. No, but I mean, could a gay person be gay for nails? Hmm, maybe. I don't know. It, it makes me want to seek advice from yeah. Uh, from my gay friends <laughs> we need, is, we need, we're crowdsourcing this if okay, you're gay okay. can you let us know uh via uh, at <laughs> at uh bearded ape or at godless speaks on twitter or facebook or wherever so let us know i mean are we allowed to say that we're you know uh that chuck's gay for the new nails and i'm gay for the new christina scabia songs well you know it, and, it is, yeah i know and trust me i i have crowdsourced before uh you know certain words words as well and 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 yeah it's uh, okay now that's not acceptable anymore so yeah, you know, not I, that not that any one person is the be-all end-all but no. i certainly don't want to offend anybody oh i gotta say real quick from last week's show i got <laughs> you have no idea <laughs> a ton of messages and all of them private talking about 
the 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 you know the dribbles of pee in the underwear and i've got a really great uh solution that was sent to me by uh uh somebody that i now need to try to seek out it might be one of those you know things that is a little bit more available say in pharmacies in the states than mm. it is necessarily here in ireland but uh probably even more so in florida <laughs> but <laughs> Oh. But I, I got I got some friends coming here to visit soon, so I might ask I them to pick I, some up. I really don't. I really okay. If I need to send you a care package, let me know. You know, like it's uh, expensive to ship here, man. You do not want to ship uh, here. You know, we'll see if we can make it happen, man. You know, <laughs> if it's that important, if it's something you really need, I think I think we could probably take care of it. Uh, right now, I want to dabble in solutions for my drivel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I've had enough of that. All right. Now we need to get into our interview with Christina Scavia. That's good. That's a great transition. Uh, we got to talk to her about the new record, Delirium. You know, the sources of where it came from. There's a lot of stories about, like, uh, the asylum that they went to. Uh, a lot of cool stuff that uh, that is thematic inside this record. But also, you know, we got to talk to her about her family. Uh, the band, where she's at, like kind of in life right now, and a lot of other good stuff. So let's get Christina Scabia from the Lacuna Coil on the Metal Sucks podcast. Hey, Christina, how you doing? Hi, Doc. I'm doing good. I apologize for the delay, but we were doing the sound check. Oh, no, no, and, no you know, worries. I like get it. We had some problems with the microphone, and I kind of had to figure figure them out. <laughs> how are you? Ah, doing well, doing well. And it's uh, Chuck uh, and Godless from the Metal Six Podcast. There's two of us on here, so uh, you I know, want to make sure we got everybody in the loop. Hi, how are you? Good, but I, I mean, I feel so bad. You're stuck in the Midwest. The Midwest <laughs> sucks. <laughs> we are in... Um, in Wisconsin today. I, I got to ask you a serious question to start off here. Did you buy yeah. the shirt with the cat riding the unicorn? <laughs> Did you buy that shirt? <laughs> no, but I was so tempted. I wanted. <laughs> I actually wanted the three of them. Because, I mean, a, a, a cat with a cowboy hat with a gun, like a laser, laser gun on a unicorn with a rainbow behind that was priceless. <laughs> <laughs> actually had a tag price, but I didn't get it in the end. I was like, yeah, hey, whatever. I'll pass. Aww. I'll pass. I know I have enough bullshit. <laughs> I didn't really need an extra <laughs> an extra silly shirt. But it was really cool. See, that's got to be tempting where, like, you can walk into a store, you can, like, write your name on it, and then you can sell it for twice or three times or ten times what you paid for whatever you bought. It's like mm-hmm. you, you could, you're, you're like a, a machine that could just print money if you really wanted to. <laughs> Are you telling me that I have to start a business just to buy <laughs> no, a thrift store and resell it? <laughs> you wouldn't even need to. You just like drop into stores. You go, hey, I really like it. I'm going to wear it this afternoon. And then that evening, you sell it for a profit. No, no. If I like something, I'm going to keep it. Actually, I'm I'm a big fan of. No, I mentioned thrift, thrift store. I'm I'm a big fan of thrift store because I can always find items that I cannot find anywhere else. You know, that one item I've been looking for, or that special thing. I don't really like to buy from a regular store usually. I'm terrible in those places. I always see like the things that I could do with whatever that is. You know, why would I? Why do I need silk flowers? I don't need them really, but I could do something with them. You never really need anything. I mean, all of food, water. I mean, when they told me, "Oh, you have a lot of dresses and clothes and shoes," you don't need them. Well, of course. I mean, if it was for the need, each one of us would have two shirts, one hoodie, one pair of pants, and one pair of shoes. 
But you know it's not like that. And I'm a woman. That's my excuse. But you've been living out of a bag for 20 years. I mean, that's yeah. got to be relatively easy to do if you really wanted it. Well, if you like it, it's very, very easy. I mean, when I, whenever I think that it, it's been 20 years, it's it's weird. It sounds weird because, I mean, it, I feel like I I stopped when, when I was like 20, 29. I don't feel it. A day older than 29 so it's like it's like time is not even passing by i don't feel a day over eight <laughs> mm, no that that's that's good that's good <laughs> i can babysit you <laughs> well the internet just went just lit up there's a whole bunch of people that signed up for that gig going i'm eight too <laughs> they're all really they're all really really disgusting men that just did that <laughs> bad bad boys mm, i tell you what <laughs> It almost sounds like you aren't. I don't want to say not comfortable, but do you do you still enjoy doing this uh, doing this I day in day out? It. I mean, really? I think I think that the day that I will get on stage and will say, "Oh, I have to have to work," that that will be the end of of you know my career as a singer. I still feel all the excitement. It's 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 a weird thing because when you go on stage, it, it's like. The crowd is really like family. It's like people you're talking to. I'm not separating myself uh, from from everyone else when I'm when I'm up there, and I I still have the same passion for it. I mean, I know it's it might sound weird because I mean it it becomes a job because it is. I mean, we're traveling every day to go to play from one city to another, but I absolutely love what I do, and I wouldn't change it with any work. So Ever. when Marco came to you guys and said, I'm out of here, you didn't, like, for a moment, like, get a little bit of envy? Not at all. Why? We would we could do the same thing if we wanted to. It's not that we're forced to stay in the band. Totally. But at a certain point, it does have to, I mean, the travel, the 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 lack of uh, stability, the all the sacrifices that you must make on a daily basis in order to keep the career that you have... I mean, that, that every once in a while, you know, the grass is always greener for almost everybody. Well, I, I mean, it, it takes some sacrifices to do this job because you're far from your family and your loved ones and your house. But I can't complain. I mean, there are so many jobs where you, they're way, way harder than our job. I mean, I love to travel. I love to meet new cultures. I love to meet people. And honestly, I will go crazy with a regular job in an office from the morning to the evening. Uh, that will be that will be the death for me. I, I will go crazy. I know it's not for everybody. Yeah. I mean, my friends are just like, how can you do this? I will go crazy to go out for a couple of weeks and doing what you do. But <laughs> that's why I'm I'm different. <laughs> this is my life. This is their life. Yeah. If somebody came to me and said, look, you're going to have to go to Iowa tomorrow. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> I don't care how many people are going to cheer me on when I get there. I'm not interested in that gig. Yeah. But it's actually awesome. It's actually awesome that we get this opportunity to see so many different places. A lot of people don't even have the opportunity to get out of their own town. And we've been traveling around the world. I mean, we have a very open mind because of that. And I'm grateful for for, for what I could do in these years. Well, I kind of say that, uh, well, let's see, the last time that I saw you guys perform live was on the uh, last 70,000 Tons of Metal Cruise. And yeah. you definitely seem like you are still completely into it. I mean, you guys are still, I, was, I saw you 
15 years ago or 10, 15, 10 years ago, Ozfest, I guess, 06 was the first time yeah. I saw you guys. And it's still, like, same if not better. Uh, like, I, I couldn't believe it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And what, what do you owe it to? I mean, is it like, you know, healthy living or is it, uh, you know, what does mm, well, it Well, I don't know. You know, I'm not obsessed with healthy living. I know it's a big thing now. And everywhere I see it's about like, eat healthy, work out. And it's driving me nuts because I, I take it so easy. I mean, I try to eat healthy every once in a while, but I eat shit every once in a while. You know, my life is really balanced. I I try to do things in a way that, they're pleasing me because they are wrong to do sometimes. <laughs> but at the same time, I, 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 I try to eat in a proper way, drink a lot of water, try to sleep as much as I can to, to rest my body. But I don't do anything special or obsessive to, to take care of myself. You're not one of those CrossFit people. You're not flipping over tires or anything like that on your off time, are you? No, it, it would drive me crazy to think too much about it. <laughs> yeah. I want but to live life. I mean, that's what we're here for. We only have one life, and I want to take care of mine, but I don't want to go crazy about it and, and spend my life worried about the fact that I have to take care of my life. I want to enjoy it. But you don't sound self-destructive to me. It's not like you're getting on a motorbike. No, no. I mean, uh, no, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I don't do drugs, but just because I'm not interested. I mean, I, I don't drink a lot just because... I am fine drinking a beer every once in a while, but it's not because of self-control or or because I'm straight edge or anything like that. It's it's just who I am without any stress. Has it always been that way for you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was none of that, like, I got to protect my voice type stuff? Uh, you know what? The problem, my problem with my voice is that I talk a lot. <laughs> That's my only problem. Uh, that really is. Because, uh, as I said, I, I don't smoke, I don't drink uh, very, very often. And it, it is not to protect my voice, but I talk a lot, and that's fucked up. We did a show with Hailstorm, and we ended up in, a, in an arcade bar that was uh, right in front of the, of the buses, pretty much. And we had a great time, you know, we, we met fans, we played with them, and I started to talk with them. So it's like I had a, a beer, which is nothing, one beer. But I talked all night long, so today my voice is just like, ugh, ugh, it hurts. Just because I talked, yeah. so that is my main mm. problem. But you're in Wisconsin on a Wednesday. It doesn't matter <laughs> too much. You know, There's nobody important in that audience. Uh, no, it's, it is actually a nice city. Uh, I walked around, and it's, it's a beautiful day, like a lot of, lot of shops, a lot of restaurants, really characteristics. I know you guys might not like it, but I do. I, I I'm pretty much I'm in the mid south, so uh, you know I, I get it. I'm middle of Texas, so it's all good. I I, I love Madison, Milwaukee. On the other hand, <laughs> those oh sons of bitches. <laughs> so the new record is what just a just a not that far away. We got the 27th yeah. is when it comes out, and very close. Uh, and I gotta say, not 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 to blow too much smoke up your ass, but seriously, I think this is the best thing you guys have ever done. And Thank that, you. And that is Thank like, I, it sounds weird and really kiss-ass, but it really is. I think this is some really no, good stuff. No, I think the same, but I mean, of course, if I'm saying it, it's it's going to be so obvious. I mean, I believe that every every singer, every musician is like, oh, it's the best record I've ever done. But I, I feel it is. I feel it is for, for different reasons, for for the the vibe, or the, the concept behind it, all the guests that we had, or the way we played it, the way we produced it. 
everything was just just right. And I feel I feel like it's a weird backhanded compliment. Like I'm insulting the rest of your catalog though by saying stuff like that. You know, no, you know what I mean? Not really. like, oh, sorry. No, Everything else sucks. Really. This is great. No, this is but I I think I think that, you know, when you when you look back at your uh, catalog, there is always appreciation because it's still part of you. It's it's what you wear. But it's like looking at pictures of you when you were like a like an adolescent and you were dressing in a different way because the time was different and you look at it and just like oh i was so cool but but now i i look different that's the feeling so it's not saying that it wasn't good enough or it was or it was bad and this is good and that was bad it's just a different timing that's all when you come out of the studio with a song like the title track or uh, house of shame is there is it a sense of relief that it turns out so good or just like ecstatic that it came out so good or are you just like happy you get to rec you know yell at the record label if they drop the ball because it wasn't your fault no the, the weird thing is that when you demo songs and then you record them. Sometimes they're, they're sounding completely different. Uh, we had a bunch of songs that I, I was absolutely in love with. And then when we went to the recording studio, they turned out slightly different from what I was expecting. And I, I ended up liking better songs that I didn't really like in the first place. Not that I didn't like, but I like less than the others. It's, it is an awesome feeling when the, when the record is completely done just because we... We put so much in it. It's the first record that we self-produce. So that means that all the pressure was, was on us. Because when you work with a producer, let's say if something goes wrong, the fault can be split in half. This time it was like, this is all us. All eyes are on us. Whatever comes out, it's because of us. And we have a deadline. So there was a huge pressure on, on us in terms of deadlines. So when we finished it, when we had the master in our hands, we were like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> it was the best feeling ever. So, I mean, did that give you license to do a few things that you hadn't done in some time? Because, I mean, I noticed, obviously, a lot more growling vocals. It's a little heavier than than what you've yeah. done recently. <clears throat> like, I mean, was that stuff that you guys had wanted to do previously and were unable to do because no. of that sort of thing? Oh, or? Hold on a second. I told the guys, I got the uh, guys. Uh, hold on a second. The guys just blasted the stereo. <laughs> Back lounge. Okay. Right. What, I was, what I was saying. Oh, no. Um, it's not that we, we did something that we couldn't do before because I have to be honest, we've always been free to do whatever we wanted to do with, uh, uh, with our label. They always left us complete freedom, complete artistic freedom. But I got to say that when you want to involve the producer, it's not that you're going to change uh, whatever you're doing, but there will be some things that you're going to slightly change because you're going to talk with another person that is going to give a completely different point of view on the songs. Mm-hmm. And you might change your opinion on, on some things here and there. This time there was nobody telling us, oh, this might be cooler if done in this way. So again, it was all us in, in good and bad. Mm-hmm. Not that we couldn't do it before. I mean, we, we, we could have do whatever we wanted to. We just thought that it was the time to to do something slightly different and go and go for it. If it was something heavier than before, let's go for it. Who cares? But isn't like one of the great things about having a producer is you get somebody who is the one who helps resolve the conflicts while you guys are creating as a group? <clears throat> no, 
not really. No, it's not about conflicts. It's just that um, usually when a producer comes in, you you let him listen all all the demos and what you did. So a producer might come up with some advices, like I think this part is too long. Maybe let's uh, maybe it's better to cut it and or just like we work with a uh, with the structure of the song. You know things like these, or maybe changing a note of, in, in the vocal line. Nothing, nothing major, mm-hmm. but of course it's it's influencing a little bit it's because it's normal you're involving another person in the group and you're listening to this person because you hired this person to give you good advices that's in theory then you know yeah you have to see how it is you you don't like the advice you've gotten from the past producers we can look at the past producers and go yep yeah the, the they were not happy with these guys <laughs> word no, is out I now right? i definitely did i definitely did because i mean we learned a lot from each one of them like, for example, uh, we worked with uh, Don Gilmore for two records, and Andrea and I learned a lot in terms of, like, writing lyrics. We're coming from Italy. We can have a conversation in English, but obviously we're not mother tongue, so there are a lot of things that we we, we still haven't figured out. And with his help, we just learned to write better, to go to the point instead of, like, being too poetic and vague and creating less let's say, contact with whoever was listening. Basically, we had some problems in communicating what we wanted to say because we were just, like, working a lot with with metaphors and and more in a poetic way, if you want to say so. And we just figured out that sometimes we can really deliver what we wanted to say because of that. So we learn a lot from him on on this side. It's always good when there is something more that you can learn. That seems like it's especially true with the genre like metal, where the music is direct and it's loud and it's to the point. And sometimes there's interesting things going on subtly in the background and all that sort of thing. But for the most part, it's going to be in your face. The lyrics should be too. Yeah, it's 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 not always easy to write lyrics, especially for the day for for the way that we do because. Um, a lot of artists are just collecting lyrics. They write diaries and poems and stuff, and then they put music over them. We do the other way around because we write the music first because we want to have a good feeling from the music. And then we put lyrics over the music because we want the lyrics to fit with the vibe of the music. And we also want every word to sound right with the music. So, I mean, we, we, we make it really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> the vocal melodies ever happen before the music un- underneath, or is the, mm, is the music... Rarely, rarely, yeah. but it's, it's mm, most of the time it's inspired by the music. You see, like the Sherman Brothers, who wrote all the music for the Disney movies back in the day, like Jungle Book, Mary Poppins, all that stuff, they used to t- talk about how they would oftentimes start with the lyrics... And the lyrics would suggest melodies, and then it would then inform the music that happened underneath. They would do it completely the opposite way, the way that you're talking about it, which is interesting to think about, uh, you know, how you would approach it from a very different way. And yeah, the I mean, words- it would probably be easier if I would be able to play an instrument, because I'm sure that if, you would, if I was able to play guitar, I would probably be able to hum and come up with lyrics and... Uh, uh, the music at the same time mm. Maybe, I mean, I'm just 
Yeah, and be I'm able to pick, kind of pick it out on a, on a guitar. Or a I, piano, yeah, I guess I yeah. will never write for Disney. <laughs> well, you never never say never. You never know. Come on. Yeah, I'll never know, yeah. I mean, if they turn Delirium... in villain cartoon. I'm waiting to see least. if uh, Delirium gets turned into a Pixar movie. You never know. It's a... Uh, <laughs> That would be very cool. I mean, it, it, you said it's a I record about that. insanity, so I mean, you never know. It could it's it's entirely possible. I would love that. For <laughs> sure. So, talk a little bit about. I mean, you've uh, you've mentioned it before in interviews and stuff about how this is a record kind of about insanity, the asylum sort of thing yeah. that you guys have uh, that you guys have referenced in it, and and how that now building the lyrics on something like that. Did you have that sort of concept going into it before you started writing the lyrics for this, or did you? Uh, did some of those lyrics come in and then you're like, wow, these all sort of fit into a certain mold? No, actually, we just realized that it was a concept that we were basically living in because uh, the whole idea came when we thought about the word delirium and because we were, we were searching for one word for the chorus of, uh, for the chorus of uh, delirium, the song that's mm-hmm. in the record. And as soon as we thought about the, the word, we just thought about everything like all the doors like opened up so we we thought about uh what we wanted to say what was the story we created this fictionary uh, asylum where every in every room every patient would tell us a story that was waiting to be told so basically all the songs that we we wrote are are based on that but uh we also put together uh, old experiences that we had, we we went to visit um, some ad- abandoned sanitariums that that are around the area of Milano, that, and that's where where we live in in Italy. And because of um, family uh, family things that happened in in my family, I had the, the chance to visit a lot of center that are taking care of mental problems nowadays. So open centers. So I, I I've been and I am really really close to this to to this matter. So we thought that it was cool because when you when you touch this topic, it's it's very very uh, easy to take the risk of be, being offen- offensive, mm-hmm. not respectful, and this is definitely what we wanted to make sure uh, about. I mean, we didn't want to be offensive in any any way or cheesy. We because it was an important it was an important matter, you know, at mm-hmm. least for us. Part of what makes I think the idea of mental illness so incredibly frightening is the idea that you just have no control over the one thing that because you should you have don't, control. You don't over. know it because you don't know yeah. what's in it. You can't enter in this in this private space. You can't you can't pass this limit. That's why it's frightening, because you can't really do much. <laughs> well, I, the well, thing that freaks me out, too, is that, you know, usually the bad things that happen to us are a result of mistakes or, uh, you know, getting on a motorbike or or because we uh, uh, are, are, are messing around with people that we shouldn't. But mental illness is, is the type of thing that happens from that comes to us from the people that love us the most. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, this, you can't control this, this things. I mean, it, like it, especially when we talk about, about mental illnesses, it can literally happen from one day to another. And I know that for sure because I experienced it personally with somebody very, very close to me. Uh, something unexpected, and it's nobody's fault, and and it just happens. <laughs> 
and you just realize that you know it can happen. Hey, I didn't is it do one anything of those things for, for this? But is it one it of those happened. things where, like, you almost? I mean, this is the thing that gets me is like when with with people that I know and love, you don't even recognize it until it's so far gone you know you yes, spend so much time going oh no they, it's just uh they just forgot or they just uh um they misrecognized me or whatever it is and then before you know it yeah absolutely i mean if you think like how many things we have inside our skulls and i'm uh, in a medical way <laughs> i mean nerves and and how complicated is the brain and all the connections we have it's it takes it really takes like one communication that is slowing is slowly going and and it fucks it up yeah and yeah. it's true it comes slowly sometimes and you don't see it coming well, or you don't want to admit it either. That, that's the other one. That 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 got a relative of mine was that nobody wanted to admit there was a problem. Nobody could come to terms with that that was happening to them. And then yeah. next next thing you know, it was too late. Yeah, I'm sorry. We 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 turn into a sad conversation, but I mean, <laughs> well, it's it's, no. it's life. Yeah, it's no, it life. is. My uncle who was mentally ill was hilarious. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. So it ain't all bad, you know. Uh. Uh, I'll tell you what, but no, I mean, I think you know, in dealing with some of this and and, and reflecting some of this in your lyrics and what you've got going on on this record, yeah. I think that's a an interesting, not just an interesting way to write an album, but also kind of shines a light on something that that a lot of people are afraid to talk about, and that's that's important to talk about that stuff to me anyway. No, it is, it is. I mean, it is the same thing that that, that I think, and 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 as I said, it was important for us to to make sure that people know that we are connected to this topic and we're not just like talking about it to look cool. Yeah. You know, uh, obviously we're, we're using, you know, this new stage outfits that look like straight jackets. And because of course we want to offer the theatrical uh, part of the show, but uh, we're treating everything in the most respectful way. How are friends and family that are linked with these people that, or, or person that you're close to, how are they reacting to the album and what you're doing? Oh, well, they're Italian, so, so they, don't, they don't really understand the, the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, they, but they see the picture. Yeah, they see the picture. They like the pictures. The pictures are really cool, so they like them a lot. They like them a lot, but I didn't really explain to them the old concept and everything because yeah. I've been gone all the time. And when I talk to them, I talk about other stuff. Oh, really? I would think that, like, if you, if I don't know, if I were you, I'd be talking to my family and, like, every conversation it would start with, hey, guess how awesome I am today? You know, that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not like that. No, not at all. Not at all. I almost never, never talk about my work. You know, with my friends and my loved ones and my and my family. Yeah, of course. You know, I tell them, oh, we're here. We're playing tonight. But I never go into details because it might be exciting for me, but it might be super boring for whoever is listening and don't really know about it. I don't know. Really? I have this impression. It's just like, yo, you know what the song is talking about? Yeah, tell me all about it. <laughs> you know, I have this feeling. You know, I, I don't know. I would, I would think the opposite, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, I, eh, who knows? You know, mm -hmm. 
Unless they yeah, ask, I, I don't talk about it. Uh, that makes See, sense. I can picture you, hey, Dad, do you know what it's like to sing for, I don't know, like 50,000 people at one time? Oh, no. Well, gee, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but I, I mean, even if you explain it, how can you, how can you pass the, the real excitement? Yeah. It's like you didn't leave it. So, uh, on, the you're, other, you're, on the other side, it could say, like, yeah, fuck you. I will never do something like that. So, why you have to tell me? <laughs> it, but, it is awesome, and you're sharing something awesome that I will never do. Thanks. Uh, well, your family's got to be nice? proud of you and stuff, right? I mean, no, they're, they're very, very proud. Yeah. They've always been very supportive. I mean, at the beginning, I mean, it wasn't easy because it did feel this way. Whenever you say you're a musician, they immediately ask you, okay, but what's your job? And you say, no, I'm a musician. <laughs> yeah, but what's your real job? No, really, I'm touring the world. I mean, this is this is how I pay my bills. People still don't really look at musicians as people who really work. So at the beginning, they were worried for me because they were like, where do you think you're going? Especially coming from Italy. Come on, there are not so, a lot of metal bands, rock metal bands from Italy. You're not like, you know, handing out framed pictures of uh, you on magazine covers as Christmas <laughs> gifts every year? Well, yeah, they collect them. They're really proud of that. But yeah. I mean, they don't. Good. Yeah, they, they show their friends, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, this is my daughter. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's like, like, like uh, my whole quest would be all about making sure that mom and dad are proud of Godless, right? Because there's, there's, in reality, like in the real world, like they look at me and they look at me the way I look at me, which is that I'm eight years old and there's really not much to be proud of. I haven't developed <laughs> much at all. So it'd be really nice if there was something for them to be proud of. And if I had something, I'd be shoving in their face all the time to make sure that they could react with pride, you know. That's. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that they would be proud of me with whatever job I would have. I would have choose. We're a very. Yeah. I mean, I. I am really lucky that I grew up in a very, very amazing family where you know, with brothers and sisters, we're we're loving each other, always been supportive with each other. So I. I think that they would have been proud. There was never another destiny for you, though, right? I mean, this was pretty much it. I feel that in my life, everything was always leading me to music, whatever I was doing. I did a, a lot of different jobs, but there was always something that would like, maybe uh, some some people doing music asking me to be a guest in their record, or if I was going to a club, why don't you sing this song at a microphone? And I didn't really want to be in the spot. I was really, really shy in the beginning. Like I'm, I'm thankful that there weren't a lot of digital cameras back then because there will be some horrible footage of me hiding behind a stand of the microphone and i i feel so different now because i'm like i just passed that level of uh feeling insecure and and feeling awkward on stage but i always knew that i i loved to sing that was the main thing for me i was just a little shy during the performance because I didn't really want to be on the spot. <laughs> I just want them to hear my voice, but I didn't really want it to be yeah. up there to be all cocky and just like, look at me. Yeah, I have a light on me. Where did you gain that kind of confidence from? I mean, was it just doing it over time? Over time. Over time. Yeah. I just realized, you know, during the years, I just realized that it doesn't really matter what you do. There will always be somebody that will talk shit about you. And I'm not talking about being a musician. I'm talking in general in life mm. whoever you are whatever you do there are always critics and 
and people throwing bullshit at you. So I just realized I do not care at all. Why would I be shy if I don't really care? They like it. Awesome. They don't like it. That's me. I mean, you're not going to change me even if you don't like it. So I just started to think like that. And since I started to think like that, I, I didn't care anymore. It's like I'm not doing anything wrong. You like it? Fine. You don't. Leave. Move on. You always sort of pictured yourself more as a performer, a singer, than songwriter, lyricist. Has that been a challenging uh, development? Uh, what do you mean? Because, I mean, I've, I've always been, like, lyricist I, as well. Wrote lyrics yes, and I get that, but I mean... You, you were just talking about how how you know you you always felt like you were being led to music. It made it sound like you were always led to the idea of singing and but singing anything. Uh, no, actually, uh, I always uh, I, okay. when I started, uh, let's say professionally, when I was giving my voice for different projects, um, it was for like helping out my my friends. They were DJs, local DJs, Italian DJs, but I wouldn't give my my face and my name because I didn't really like the music. So it was fun. It was fun to be in the studio. It was fun for, for some extra money, being like a session vocalist or something, but never thought about being a, a real singer and give my face, my name and everything. Uh, that happened when I met the guys and when I fell in love with, with, with metal because uh, I, was, I, I grew up, okay, long story short, I grew up in a family with two brothers and a sister. They're older than I am and... Uh, they were listening to any type of music you can imagine, but metal. I mean, the only rock and roll, like, hard rock record, it was an ACDC record. All the rest of the music was from the Beatles to Genesis to uh, pop music, uh, electro music, let's say dark music from, from the 80s, the 90s, uh, The Cure, some old school rap. But I met metal when I was around 20, 21, and I just fell in love with it. And, and I, I, I wanted to be part of this. And that's when I decided to, to be in a band. You know, when I met the guys, I was like, I'm, I'm ready. I mean, <laughs> I will not be ashamed to give my face away <laughs> for for this type of music because I like it a lot. That's awesome. When you're singing and you're 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 doing you're you're, you're trying to express yourself, and then somebody yeah. comes along, this this jerk off producer says <laughs> you need to be more direct, right? Yeah. And 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 how does that do? Do you end up feeling more exposed in a way, or uh, uh, is, is, how does that sort of change your sort of? Um, uh, uh, self-awareness uh, of, of what it is that you're expressing. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, well, there are a lot of fights. There are a lot of fights. It's not that we say like, okay, you, you said this and let, let's do it. There are a lot of fights up until we we find uh, the right thing. I mean, we're Italians, so we're very, I mean, our our attitude is just like, ah, oh, I get pissed, and then it's fine. And Every time we we get an advice from from the outside, if we don't like it at first, we might get pissed. But then we we just sit down and say, okay, we're all here trying to work to get the best out of this record, out of the lyrics, and we always come up with something that is much better than what we did before. So it might be changing one word because maybe we didn't really know it, and we 
we thought about uh, the the idea of, of of the word, but it was sound, it wasn't sounding great. And maybe the producer would be like, "Why don't you use this word? That sounds that sounds good." Okay, perfect, thank you. And then we will use it. But it's not that the producer comes in and write the lyrics for you. Absolutely. Yeah. But do you do you feel like with your lyrics that you are sort of um, you know ripping open your chest and showing the world something that's going on inside? Yes and no, because sometimes we're just like telling a story. There are some songs that are more intense than others. Uh, I can think of, for example, we had, we had a song in, in one of the previous records called My Spirit, and we wrote it when uh, Peter Steele passed away. Mm-hmm. And we absolutely adore Type of Negative. We're friends with them, we toured with them, and of course we, 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 we had the chance to hang out with, uh, with Peter. And for us it was a shock when he died. And we wrote this song for him. So, of course, this song holds a lot of more sad feelings and it's more intense than other songs that, are might, that might be intended for, for fun. Yeah. So yeah. it really depends from, from song to song. It's interesting because, like, sometimes, like, you know, you'll come across, like, an Iron Maiden album and, you know, the, the, the lyrics are just stories and it's fun and it's cool and it's all that sort of thing. But every once in a while you come across, like, that musician who broke up with his wife and only well, gets to see his kid on Tuesdays and mm. Thursdays and he wrote this album. And you're like, whoa, dude, that, no, no way. And for some people who might be going through the same sort of experience, it ends up yeah. being awesome because you it's connect, like, oh, I'm not you alone better i always say that it's easier to write when you were sad it's always easier and we never we never really write records when we're when we're just like happy and doing our own stuff i mean you definitely get more inspired when when something wrong is going on it's it, it's sad to say but it's true yeah, you must, you're going to have to move to Iowa. I was going to say, how do, how, do you, how do you make yourself sad? Oh, jeez. You really hate Iowa, do you? <laughs> yeah, it's just the Midwest in general. <laughs> yeah, how do you I mean, how do you go about just like, okay, okay, we're going to be sad now? Or, I mean, how do you get into that mode? I mean, do you drop your ice cream on the floor? I mean, no, I no, mean, no. It just, it, just, it just happens. I mean, we have some records that we did when we were in, uh, I mean, when we were in a happy state of mind and i mean if, if i listen to them i mean you can totally you can totally tell yeah and i mean this record so much happened and it definitely it definitely comes out yeah that it was in a happy period this one and and also broken crown halo i mean i think that in this last two records you can totally feel it well, we were talking to Max Cavalera recently. He was talking about how, you know, his kid, you know, has got his band Insight and gives dad his lyric sheet. And Max, who's like, man, I, I thought I raised my kids like as happy, as awesome as it could, I could possibly do it. And now my kid hands me this lyric sheet. And I'm like, why are you so angry? <laughs> you know? so, so considering that you're know, like, you didn't because he was find gone metal. all the time, maybe. Oh, man, maybe. <laughs> But, you know, you didn't find metal until your early 20s. I mean, your parents must be shocked. And then, I mean, I'm sure they're not reading the lyric sheet necessarily. But at the same time, they got to be like, what did we do wrong? No, not really. Not really. I have to say that, like, because, I mean, I'm the last one of four. So my parents are are not (laughs) that young anymore. But uh, with my brothers and sisters, they kept it up. I mean, that's the good thing about my parents. They've always been very contemporary. Can we say it like that? Yeah. I mean, they were the type of people that would have no problem if somebody would show up at 3 a.m. Uh, at home and just like, hey, mom, I just brought this friend. Oh, okay, mom would 
cook pasta for everyone. Uh, they're this type of uh, of people. And my dad is 89, and a couple of years ago started uh, computer courses because he loves computers, he loves rock music, so and he loves music. You just go home and you see him with his headphones just, like, checking out videos. <laughs> It's See, funny. I, I, That's cool. I, I didn't think about guy. it, but <laughs> but I didn't think about it. But being the youngest of four, like I got like friends who've got four kids, and like they can barely remember the fourth kid's name. You know, like they're so <laughs> over the parent. You know what I mean? So, were you? Did you ever feel like sort of left behind? Like you know, the older ones got more attention, that sort of thing. Oh well, I was spoiled rotten. That's for sure. But uh, because uh, the youngest brother uh, after me, uh, a ten a ten years difference. Wow. So it's like 10 years, 10, uh, 10 13, 14. Whoa. Uh, so I, w- I, I was pretty much, uh, yeah, spoiled, and I was the last one staying at home. So I had this big room when, in in the beginning, we were in four, and then I was the only one. And I was, when I was younger, I was like, yes, yes. I have it all for me. That's, a, that's what I was gonna say. I was the oldest of three, and when the little one was when the little one was born, it's like, oh, it's a baby! Oh, look how cute the baby is! And everybody else <laughs> like, ah, oh, yeah, damn baby. Uh, yeah, but yeah. at the same time, yeah. like, 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 you're not, you're, you weren't planned, right? <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you know, you ever like get that, like, like mom Still and dad, a baby. this, yeah. yeah, it did, it is, but you, you got to be like, oh, whoops, you know, <laughs> ten years later, oh. Yeah, I know. I always said, I, it was I a mistake. I mean, you guys wanted to have a good time, and I, <laughs> I screwed yeah. up. Uh, of course, they, they say no, but smile, maybe, yeah. maybe. But now they're happy. Uh, that's good <laughs> that's all that matters. That's awesome. Just picture, you know, like dad being like, you know, I, I'm, I can't do the math, but like you're 18. He's like, I should have retired 10 years ago. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Man, this sucks. <laughs> Oh, Christina, it's been great talking to you. We really no, appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure, guys. What's fun? Cannot, was fun. Cannot wait for everybody to hear the rest of this record here coming out on uh, the 27th. I know. Me too. Me it, too. I hope they like it as much as we do. I really think they're going to dig it, man. This is going to be a, a good one for you guys. Delirium is the name of the record. Christina Scavia, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Feelings
Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name's Mike Herrera. I do a podcast called The Mike Herrera Hour. Yes, I'm happy to announce I'm joining the Jabberjaw Network, a network of amazing podcasts. If you guys are listening to this, then obviously you already know and you have some favorites on there. Please, just part of the family. I'm like your little Uncle Mikey. I'll see you soon. Check out the show, My Career Hour. Boo! So now you know exactly why I am gay for that song. Uh, I mean, come on. Nails right there. Savage Intolerance is the name of the uh, song right there from You Will Never Be One of Us. I cannot wait for everybody to hear this entire album. It's going to blow you away. They're on the cover of Decibel this month as being the album of the year, possibly. I mean, it's it, it's a banger. I mean, for sure. It's awesome. So, yeah. Nails on the Metal Sex and, Podcast. And- you know, and the thing is, is the Internet, you know, you say something and it lives forever. I think true at this point, we should probably go put it out there. No pun intended that we would like to feel, you know, have the opportunity to, to revoke the term that we are uh, gay for something. And if it has offended uh, people uh, and, and you know, perhaps in a week or two, we can revisit the idea. <laughs> well, so if we piss people off, we can apologize for it in a couple of weeks. Is that is that what yeah. that's all about? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not really big on apologies, but I'll do it if it's appropriate. Well, but the thing is, I, I honestly think the thing is that if, if you're having an honest discussion about something, there should be no reason that anybody gets offended about it. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, really, there, we're, we're not we're just unclear and there's nothing wrong with being unclear. It, it just, you know, people help. We ask for clarif- clarification, you know, and but I, sometimes here, check that's us out. True. Sometimes yeah. check us out. I'm going to I'm going to hook you up with an awesome segue. Sometimes there's a right way to do things and sometimes there's a wrong way to do things. And sometimes <laughs> you think you're doing it right and you just did it wrong. Uh, so I think you're referring to Rage Against the Machine. Is that what you're talking <laughs> about? Oh, I see your segue and I raise you Rage Against the Machine. 
machine, my friend. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, yes, Rage Against the Machine thought they were doing something really awesome, and turns out that everybody now is sad. Oh, oh well. There's this countdown timer to, I guess, a, it was supposed to expire, like, what, around June 1st, something like that, in, uh, two weeks from now, uh, on the Rage website or on Profits of Rage or something like that, whatever the website was. And um, and apparently they didn't quite make it to where they were going going to go with it. Um, <laughs> I yeah. love the fact. All right, so this is what's going on. So like the the band thought that everybody could get excited about like the, the like a non reunion. Yeah, you know everybody thought. I guess in Rage Against the Machine that we're all going to get excited for Audio Slave or whatever that other crap thing yeah, right. a year ago was but it turns out that nobody's gay for audience slave <laughs> and nobody is really interested in anything i mean sure there are I, I shouldn't say nobody there are a handful of uh sycophants out there who just cannot wait for anything uh what's his face tom morello yeah yeah but you know for for the majority of people we really are not interested in anything he has to do unless zach de la rocha is standing next to him yeah, and I think that's appropriate. Well, and and I think what the, where it got out of hand was that people saw Rage Against the Machine a countdown timer, and they automatically said, "Boom! Rage Against the Machine's reuniting. This is going to be great. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait till they start touring again." And it blows up, and people start talking about it all over social media. I when it happened on I guess Wednesday is that right? I guess yeah something the like the eighteenth something like that. Uh, and it started to blow up all over Facebook and everything, and everybody's talking about it. It's like. Uh, guys, I saw it and I'm like, there's no fucking way. There's no way this is actually going to happen. This is something, you know, whether it's, you know, Limp Bizkit playing at the fucking Conoco station again, it's some kind of something, you know, where this is not quite real. And ultimately, it's balled up so much. The snowball got so fucking big that Rage Against the Machine had to, like, screw their plans and come out with, you know, come clean about what was actually going on here. You know, Prophets of Rage is not even a Rage Against the Machine song. It's a it's a lyric from a Public Enemy song. Um, and then they were using the hashtag, which is take the power back. And I think that's where people started to get confused because they were seeing a Rage Against the Machine song and kind of tying it all together. And, you know, like dumbasses, we see patterns in chaos and it just, you know, we fill in the holes. And everybody filled in the wrong holes. So, you know who, yeah, like this ended up like disappointing everybody on earth except for one guy. And that's Zach De La Rocha, who's sitting in whatever house he's sitting, <laughs> and he's laughing his ass off. Because, you know, he's exactly right. You know, you can't hashtag take the power back when the power is still sitting in his living room, power watching Game of Thrones. That's yeah. the powers right yeah. there. You know, that, Zach De La Rocha now has so much power over rage because now they got to give them everything you know because it just nobody cares unless it is those four dudes and they need the singer they need him well and and it's it sucked the wind out of it because everybody was so stoked for this rage possible reunion and, and it built it up so big that when the source that's close to the band, quote unquote, according to Rolling Stone, said that it's not a rage specific reunion. And that came out, I think, on Thursday. Uh, then everybody just kind of went, oh, <laughs> so it was even worse because it sucked the wind out of the whole thing. So whether or not you would have gone, oh, Chuck D and be real. That's kind of cool. All right. That's a neat little project. That sounds like kind of fun. It could be cool. 
you know, it it really just made it even worse. So it made the announcement bad. But you're right, totally. The power is in Zach De La Rocha. Like he could, he could do ask for whatever he fucking wants now if they wanted to try to get him back, and he could get it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and just think about it. Like if they had if they had come out and said, you know, and here's our first track, you know, and it's you know Chuck D and you know the other dude, you know, the, from uh, Cypress Hill, like people would be like, oh, all right, this is kick ass. OK, yeah. I'm all into it. But now nobody's yeah. into it and, because the expectations were so out of whack. Exactly. Yeah. And I get it on paper, that announcement and doing the big build up to it on paper. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But you have to be aware that people out there are not interested in a public enemy Cypress Hill Rage Against the Machine mashup. Nobody's interested in Axl Rose singing for acdc yeah you know what i mean people are putting up with it because they have to well in that case nobody really wants it but but i think people would like are probably going to like what they hear from this this mashup and i don't think i think if you made people like if you like you said if you presented this thing as a thing people probably would have went oh okay this is pretty cool and bought into it and it would have hyped itself and started started its own sort of thing right but you know, when people had the hype that it was, you know, they, I think they underestimated how much people want Rage Against the Machine back. And that's that's exactly it. It's really easy for us to like Monday morning quarterback this and go, totally. oh, yeah, you guys screw that up. I mean, obviously, but I mean, you're exactly right. They, how do you not know that the only thing we're interested in seeing Tom Morello do is with Zach De La Rocha? Yeah. How do you not know that? I mean, especially from the response that all the shit that went down, I guess, what, 2011 is when the last time they played something like that? Uh, you know, with all the shit that went down with all that stuff, it's like it just makes sense. Like, you, how could you not know it? But I think it's also the same people that tell, told Tom Morello that his solo record was good. You know, so <laughs> I, I think it's probably the same dudes if it's got to be. But uh, you know, the other thing is that we have no idea like where Zach De La Roja is. I I still have a theory that he's about six hundred pounds and he needs to be lifted with a forklift to to like wipe his ass. It's like he can't get out of bed. You know, so he may have just like wasted away into something we just don't see him because you know he's he, he's he's huge you know so there's there's that possibility i'm a bomb truck <laughs> <laughs> take the pizza back uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry fat shaming we need to watch out for that we can't can't fat shame we need to watch it because but see i'm chubby so i can talk about being oh sorry i don't know <laughs> don't you get to 600 pounds man don't you dare <laughs> no i no, shh, i don't even want to talk about it uh i need to start working out <sighs> All right, I, I'm out of breath from that conversation, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think this thing is going to be. It's going to be. It was such a such a social media mess. I feel bad for him, but at the same time, I I just think that boy, their PR people need to learn a couple of things. Well, yeah, and they. they I'm using my favorite word in the whole world uh, uh, for the second time in this episode. But the, these guys are quite obviously surrounded by sycophants who are just, mm. oh man, everybody loves what you do. No, you know what you need to do is listen to our podcast on a weekly basis, and you'll, fi- <laughs> you'll find out what really people think about you, Tom Morello. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, I think this is the first time we've ever talked about Tom Morello on the podcast, so now they know. <laughs> yeah, he'd get a clue. He'd get a clue. <laughs> get some kind of idea. Oh well, oh well. So if you so if you want to know, make sure that you uh, go in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, and search Metal Sucks Podcast. Subscribe, 
and that way you can get this podcast wherever the hell you want. You can get it on your iPhone, you can get it on your iPad, you can get it on your Samsung tablet, whatever you want. And just make sure you subscribe, leave a couple of stars, tell us that we suck, and we would be more than happy. Or you can, of course, find us at MetalSucks.net every single Monday. Click on the podcast tab at the top of the page, and you can see all of our past podcasts. We've had some amazing guests recently. Uh, I, okay, so the, the episode with Frost last week was not as bad sounding as I thought it was. I know, but you know, <laughs> uh, I, I I did some wonders. I worked my wonders on the audio, but you check out all those podcasts, man, because we've got we're what three years in. It's a happy anniversary. This is our third anniversary, anniversary. three years of doing this stuff. So uh, you get a lot to check out, catch up on. And I have had some people on Twitter that are like, dude, I'm starting from the beginning. This is awesome. So, yeah, it's like, that's kind of cool. I I just had a real quick thought as we're wrapping up. The only person that should be singing for Rage Against the Machine that would be like even more hypable than Zach De La Rocha. Scott Weiland. Bernie Sanders. Oh. <laughs> uh, nice. You made me snort. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Uh, Wouldn't that be awesome? Right. Oh, dude, that'd be. <laughs> they they uh, want to play stadiums again. That's that's the only other way to do it. <laughs> He's the only one drawing crowds these days, man. <laughs> I'll bet you Bernie would be happy to split the money. Twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. You know, he's nice. <laughs> nice. Spread the wealth. Yeah, he's only going to take ten. He's got to in the middle seat anyway it's gonna be great it's gonna be it's gonna be great i tell you uh make sure you (laughs) uh, make sure you follow us on instagram and social media and all that stuff on instagram we are at chuck and godless so you find us on twitter i'm at bearded ape i'm at godless speaks godless speaks on facebook and spotify and and of course chuckandgodless.com that's our patreon page if you want to hook up and support us Uh, we thank you to all of our early adopters we appreciate all of you people that are supporting us uh you know without you i wouldn't have um yeah, my tacos. Yeah, pretty much. I am fueled by tacos. So, yeah, <laughs> my taco fun. It's good stuff. And now that we have, like, in Austin, the number one taco place in the entire country. It, it better be Torchies. It's Torchies. It's a win, dog. Okay. Hell yeah. yeah. It says slam dunk. I mean, even the president, when he came here, that's the first place he went. I mean, bam. It, it, I, I, it, you're getting a Torchies in your town if you're in the United States, and the, the day that it opens, you should be first in line. It's greatest, just about the greatest food. I'll tell you what, dude. Yeah, and they, they, they ain't going to pay me to say that. I'll pay them and, and talk about them. It's like, shit, <laughs> these sons of bitches. So, uh, yeah, okay, till next week. Thank you to uh, Christina Scabia. And uh, for being our guest this week, check out the new Lacuna Coil. It comes out on the 27th. And uh, we'll be back again with another episode. Until then, I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is another Metal Sucks podcast. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.